This is the Magellan Journal, a podcast series here to help you navigate EU opportunities. We remove the noise around current EU issues on different topics such as transport and environment, each time through the perspective of a different expert. In today's podcast, we speak to the Deputy Permanent Representative of the Portuguese Permanent Representation, Pedro Lurti. This is the fourth time that Portugal chairs the European Council. What will the next six months bring for the European citizens, Portugal as a member state in charge, and the European Union as a whole? Ambassador Lurti gives us an exclusive insight into the agenda just a few days after the official launch of the Portuguese presidency of the Council of the European Union. Hello, Ambassador Pedro Lurti. Thank you so much for having accepted to talk to us on the very first days into the Portugal's presidency of the European Council. We appreciate that you are giving some of your busy time to Magellan and we would like to explore with you the travails of the presidency of the European Council and hear the Portuguese perspectives for the coming six months. Hello, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's really a kind invitation and I really look forward to our discussion today. Perfect. Ambassador, as Deputy Permanent Representative of Portugal to the European Council in Brussels, you will be coordinating the many policy developments that will be handled in the next six months. This is the fourth Portuguese presidency since Portugal became a member of the European Union. If you look back in 1992, the Council signed the Maastricht Treaty. In 2000, the Lisbon Strategy was adopted, focusing on jobs and social cohesion. In 2007, member states signed the Lisbon Treaty. What will Portugal want to be remembered for in its 2021 presidency? Each presidency is, of course, uh, marked by the time in which it takes place. And, of course, looking back at the previous Portuguese presidencies that were incredibly successful and indeed marked by a few events, and you've just uh, mentioned a few. I think when we look at this year and also at the priorities that uh, Portugal has set for its presidency, we can clearly see that we would like to emphasize Europe's economic recovery coming out of a very deep crisis provoked by the pandemic and coming out having in mind the climate and the digital transitions. These two transitions must be at the core of our recovery. So you will see that this will be an important priority and one which we hope can mark our presidency. The second one, which is also very important for us, I would say essential, is the social dimension. As uh, you may know, Portugal is uh, foreseeing to host a social summit in May in uh, Porto. Mm -hmm. And we will have the European pillar of social rights at the heart of that, that dimension, of that summit. The implementation of that pillar will be at the heart of that summit. And this links to the first priority as well, because for us, it's very clear that Europe will only fully succeed in the climate and digital transitions if it brings everyone on board. And for that, the social model is essential. The European social model, social cohesion is absolutely essential. So I think in the end, if uh, there is also a, a mark of the Portuguese presidency, uh, I, think, I think the social mark will, will be there. And then there is one. Uh, final one that I have to uh, also express because I think it is a, a hope on everyone's minds and the Portuguese presidency will try to contribute to it as well, which is the uh, coordination of, of the vaccinations. Europe mm -hmm. acted together 
when we in, in buying in uh, contracting the buy of the uh, vaccinations and now is coordinating in the implementation of those vaccinations and that is mm -hmm. an essential element for our recovery and for getting out of this uh, pandemic under which we've been living now for for almost a year so uh, there again i think we would like to contribute of course this is a national competence everyone knows that the vaccination plans are national competences but there is a role for the presidency for you know to to help this coordination and to implement this these vaccine vaccination plans as quickly as possible yes and you mentioned implementation a few times after the german presidency under the motto together for the recovery of europe the portuguese prime minister has vowed to take the next steps by launching the motto time to deliver does this mean that the portuguese presidency will be a presidency of implementation there is a, a, a strong element of implementation, indeed. Not only, of course, the presidency is always framed in a continuation of, of the work. We do, we have a presidency for six months, a rotating presidency of the council. But of course, it's very much linked to what was done before us, and it will be incredibly linked to what comes after us. And it has a lot to do also with what's on the table in terms of uh, negotiations and uh, a lot to do with the circumstances under which the presidency occurs. The matter of the fact is that the German presidency concluded incredibly important, incredibly important dossiers, notably the multi-annual financial framework and the next generation EU. And those were fundamental for the European Union. We are now entering the, the stage of a new financial framework. We are now entering uh, the stage where we should be implementing the recovery package. But before that, we needed to approve them. And the German presidency, indeed, was very successful in, in doing that. So again, as I said uh, in the beginning, the implementation of this financial package will be very much on our minds. And it will be uh, the strongest, uh, one of the very strong uh, priorities, including, notably, to approve in the Council, the uh, National Recovery and Resilience Plans, which are key for our recovery. Also, implementation of a lot of the commitments that Europe has made in terms of the uh, European Green Deal and our climate uh, agenda. There are a lot of legislation still to be negotiated, and we are going to, uh, to also work on that. Mm -hmm. Also, implementation on an aspect that I've already mentioned, implementation of the European pillar of, uh, of social rights. There will be an action plan on our table. The Commission will present in the beginning of this year an action plan to implement the European pillar of social rights. If you remember, the European pillar of social rights was agreed and proclaimed in 2017 at a summit in Gothenburg. It is our understanding that we need to now unite our efforts in order to implement the principles that are under that uh, European pillar. So, yes, to, to uh, reply to your question, there are many, many elements linked to implementation. I think that's what, also why we thought on the motto, time to deliver. Time to deliver, it's for all of us to deliver, to deliver together, the European Union. But it is important to deliver indeed. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the vaccination a few times. When did you start preparing the program for the presidency and how does the government go about it? 
the program has started uh, to be prepared uh, a long uh, a long time ago and it's obvious that the plan that we had uh, in the beginning of 2020 which was already uh, sketched uh, somehow at that time that plan changed a lot we entered into a completely uh, different uh, scenario with the covid-19 pandemic and of course we had to adapt as a presidency but also as a trio of presidencies as you know we are part of a trio of presidencies with uh, germany before us and with Slovenia after us. Now, the, the program and these plans are the result of a lot of consultations, internal and external consultations. There are many rounds of discussions, uh, namely between the competent ministries, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, of course, uh, and the, the permanent representation here in, in Brussels, but also with the other institutions, with the European Parliament, with the Commission, with the other member states with the social partners, with stakeholders in, in civil society. There are many uh, consultations that help us give form to the program. But as, as your question also hints, a program is something that is never static. It's uh, something that uh, must be reactive and open to respond to whatever comes uh, its way. Yes, and that brings me to, to my next question, which is when you started preparing the program, there was no vaccine in sight and no new virus strain spreading rapidly. What happens in those cases of new immediate priorities? What do you do? Do you put aside the other priorities? Do you add a new priority to the program? And how is this actually done? Well, as I said, and as you hinted at, we need to be flexible. So, of course, circumstances in, impose themselves and we have to deal with them. And the, a presidency program also has to do that. Sometimes we need to indeed change priorities. Actually, in, in this case, there are a few of the priorities that, in my view, were even reinforced. I'll give you an example. The social dimension was already being planned as one of the priorities for the Portuguese presidency. The example, the, the social summit in Porto was already being thought about. And of course, we had an idea of what we would like to do. And it was very much linked to the fact that indeed no one can be left behind in the climate and the digital transitions. These two transitions, which are essential for our economic recovery, they bring many opportunities with them, but we know as well that they bring many challenges. And so at the time for us, it was obvious that for that to be fully successful, we need to also beef up the, the social uh, pillar of that recovery. So that was a, a priority that was already being thought at, at that time. Now we had the pandemic since. That priority does not fade away. On the contrary, I think it's more reinforced than ever. More, more than ever now we see how essential the European social model in its uh, several dimensions is for an inclusive recovery. Also the fact that indeed at the time before the pandemic, uh, Europe was growing economically and now mm -hmm. we are going through a very deep crisis. So we have to look at the recovery. Of course, the recovery came to the forefront of our presidency. So with some flexibility, there are new things that come up, of course, that is obvious, but it can also reinforce some of the ideas that uh, we already had. And I think that's, that is uh, probably the example of, uh, of the social damage. Mm -hmm. So if you agree, I would like to focus a bit more on the content of the program you have developed, Time to Deliver a Fair, Green and Digital Recovery, 
a vast program, surely not deliverable in, in six months. What will the milestones be towards those far-reaching goals? Well, no, a, a program at the European Union level of a, a presidency of the Council is not, it doesn't start and it doesn't end really during the six months mm -hmm. because, of course, six months are, are a limited period of time. We do have on our table important negotiations, which we will try to, to advance. And those are important negotiations. For instance, the common agricultural policy is being negotiated and the Portuguese presidency of the council will try to give an important contribution to advance it as much as possible and hopefully get it to, to a conclusion. The same with, uh, with the climate law. The climate law is a, is a fundamental framework for our climate policies in the long term towards the climate neutrality in, in 2050. So it will be a priority of the Portuguese presidency. Then there are, in the area of digital, many files, many of them, we are just starting the negotiation now. So of course, we will be preparing the negotiation also uh, for, uh, for future, to continue during uh, future presidencies. It's not easy for a presidency to anticipate the end result of the negotiations. What we can do and what we should do and must do is indeed to work as competently as possible in successfully developing those negotiations with the member states, because we are doing this with the member states, with the other institutions, not with the Commission and the Parliament. The Parliament is the co-legislator mm -hmm. in almost all of these proposals. So there is a, a very strong interaction between the Council and 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 the parliament and, and i would say also apart from this again the part of uh, the recovery the national recovery and resilience plans are very important and we hope that the conditions will be there so that these plans can be approved by the council and of course that would be a very important landmark mm -hmm. for the, the presidency however yeah and indeed there are some milestones uh, some concrete milestones that are expected during the portugal's presidency which is for example the first installment of the next generation europe which will be transferred to the national economies does this mean that portugal will have a key role in the approval by the council of the national recovery plans yes uh, i mean as i said first of all we need to fully and formally finalize the legal framework for, for the national recovery plans. But then indeed, these plans need to go through the council. They need to be approved by the council and, and Portugal as the council's presidency will certainly have a role. And this is, of course, a priority. I think all the countries are very much aware of the urgency of implementing these programs in order to have uh, a swift and solid recovery from, from the crisis that we're living in. So this, yes, I think that would be a very important uh, landmark also in the presidency, hopefully. Okay, and now opening up a bit more uh, outside of Europe. Portugal is a nation traditionally oriented to the sea, if you will, a transatlantic inclination. Will this be an important element in reaching out to the new trade deals with India, Australia and New Zealand in renewed US-Europe relationship, in climate action in Africa, for example? Yes, Portugal has always been not only a, a committed uh, partner in the transatlantic relationship, but also a committed uh, global partner for multilateralism. And uh, as presidency, we will clearly support the strengthening of, of a multilateral uh, trading system 
as well as ambitious uh, and balanced uh, bilateral trade agreements. Those, in our view, positive. It is important, of course, to uh, include some of our our preoccupations in those uh, agreements. I'm not only thinking of our climate targets and concerns, of our social concerns, but it is important also for global stability, for global prosperity, and also, I would say, to uh, achieve the objectives, notably in terms of, of climate, that nations cooperate in a strong multilateral environment. So you will see the presidency very much focusing on, on that and on the possibility to move forward with agreements between the European Union and other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And indeed, Portugal is in the forefront of Europe's renewable energy. How, how can this be used as an influencer in implementing the climate law and the overall goal of a carbon-free continent by 2050? It's true that Portugal is recognized by our partners, by, by the other member states, as a country at the forefront of renewable energy, at the forefront of the energy transition. Just very recently, we had the energy data for 2020, and we've seen that uh, 59% of our uh, national electricity consumption came from renewable energy. This is an outstanding mm-hmm. number. And of course, this gives us certain credibility also when uh, we talk to the other member states, to the institutions, to stakeholders on the path that we need to make to achieve energy transition. And so I would say that, yes, this is an issue where we are very comfortable at and we can uh, talk comfortably about it uh, also through our own uh, national experience. Of course, in the council, we will need to, to be honest brokers. We are chairing the council. There are several positions. We all agree on, on our path to, to carbon neutrality now. The, the council has agreed that uh, we will head towards carbon neutrality. So the direction in which we need to go, I think, is, is clear. But as we know, when we then uh, look at uh, the legislation that we need to implement in order to... Uh, to move towards that target, difficulties occur, which is uh, natural. And in that sense, that sense, I think Portugal, although maintaining its honest broker position, which needs to be maintained, has a certain credibility in order to uh, help show the way towards our climate uh, targets. Yes, you mentioned the notion honest broker uh, a few times, and I know this is uh, what the Portuguese Minister for Foreign Affairs stated recently, that Portugal is recognized by its peers as honest broker. Where will this important feature help you in the many tough political and regulatory processes that lay ahead of you in the next six months? A presidency always has to be an honest broker. That is part of the credibility that it needs to have in order to manage the 27 member states. What I do think, and I think my Minister of Foreign Affairs alluded to that, is that we have been in several occasions in our history, precisely and notably in the multilateral context, we have shown that we can be very credible, honest brokers in the past. And I think we can use that also during the Portuguese presidency as we did in the previous Portuguese presidencies. Portugal is trusted in in conducting these negotiations, and it is essential to remain an honest broker with a sense of direction, of course, but it is essential to remain an honest broker because it's the only way where we 
maintaining the full trust of the member states in the council. Mm -hmm. And to bring our discussion to an end, I have one question that is a little bit more related to the, the citizens and the general audience, um, European citizens in general. Do you think that European citizens are aware of the rotating presidencies and how important are they within the European governance, the efforts and hard work done by the country holding the presidency? Well, I think that I'll put the question a little bit the other way around, actually. I think that the rotating presidency of the Council is or gives an important contribution for citizens to be aware of the European governance true that sometimes it is difficult to communicate European governance to citizens. But the rotating presidency gives the opportunity and the possibility and it attracts the attentions of citizens so that they can be more involved in that, in that governance. And the fact that that happens from time to time, I think, helps in that involvement. There are other advantages of the rotating presidency. One very big advantage is the involvement, not only of citizens in, in general, but more specifically of the public administrations. The European presidency of the, of the Council is an enormous task for, for any public administration in the member states, because you are called to, to chair and to coordinate all the aspects of the European uh, governance, or almost all the aspects of, of the European governance. And for a public administration, that is a very big task. It's a huge challenge as well. But the fact that the public administrations are called to do that regularly through the rotating presidencies, that is incredibly important also for their ownership of that governance. We are not only a member state. We are from time to time the chair of the council. And I think that is very important. I think that reflects as well on the citizens and on the way uh, the citizens perceive the Union. So I'm a big fan of the rotating presidency. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a great governance instrument. And of course, it is a huge challenge for the country that holds the, the presidency during the six months. But it, it's definitely a challenge uh, worth uh, taking. Of course. Well, thank you very much, Ambassador Luti, for the discussion. And I wish you and your Portuguese presidency colleagues all the best for the next six months of the presidency. Thank you very much. It was, it was a pleasure to be with you here today. If you like this podcast and want to know more about Magellan, check out our website at www.magellan-association.org. Bye-bye. Thank you.